0: You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs, and the only podcast of its kind. I want to give a shout out today before we get started to our sister company, J. Hill Marketing and Creative Services, providing all sorts of digital copywriting copy editing, and book editing. And in fact, they're launching a new division just this week for their book editing only called Bookmark, which I think is adorable. Thank you so much for your support. We literally would not be here without you, literally. So thank you. I'm flying solo today, talking about a topic that is something that I've only stumbled across recently. My partner in crime and my partner in business, Catherine Tagge de Hoyos, is somebody that I'm committed to growing with as we grow the business together. And she has offered the same to me, which I think is highly, highly important when you are working together in such close um, emotional and mental proximity. We have similar backgrounds, so we both have similar childhoods and similar Struggles with abandonment and some other aspects in our life of not having the nicest people And so we understand each other. We also understand the commitment to heal But the other thing that we have come to see Only recently Is that we have misplaced pride But what is Misplaced pride And in some instances, how can it even hurt you? So let's start with defining pride. Having pride in something is feeling good about what you accomplished by yourself or for your part in a project or collaboration. It's taking an internal glory or joy at a job well done. You're proud of yourself. You want to tell people it makes you feel good inside. So conversely, misplaced pride has everything to do with the fact that you are proud of an action or something that you said, and maybe that pride and that action or something that you said could be hurting you. So let's use the example of when people say, I really like your jacket. And somebody else returns, well, thank you. It only cost me $3 at Goodwill. Now, there's nothing wrong with sharing how shrewd you have been or the deal or the bargain that you found. But are you feeling pride in the fact that you are living in scarcity? I'll be the first to tell someone about a deal. This is great. You can get these tombstone pizzas three for nine bucks, whatever. If that's your if that's your bag, right? That's what my husband eats. That's what just came to my mind. That's different. Sharing that because it's a good deal, because you feel good about it, and you feel good about taking it into your life is different than saying, I feel good about this deal because I don't have much and it allows me to have a little bit more left over than I normally would. So that's misplaced pride. Living in scarcity, feeling pride in the fact you're living less than below your desirable economic means and scraping by and providing, which is painful. I know, I've been there, it's hard. But we turn that into misplaced pride. I can stretch a dollar. I can turn 40 bucks worth of groceries into three, four meals, maybe five. And that's not to say you shouldn't feel great about providing for your family. You shouldn't feel wonderful about the blessings that you have in your life. But the way the abundance mindset works is that we get what we focused on. And I cannot underscore this enough. I want to give you some examples that have taken place in my life so you don't think I'm blowing smoke up your kilt. I used a genderless attire there. Apply to a male or a female. Whatever, we're all inclusive. We love everybody here. So I realized that sounded weird, and that's how we roll. We roll weird. That should be our slogan, maybe. So here's an example for you. I can say, in conversation or out loud, whatever, or in my head. Being very specific, I need to make X amount of dollars this month. I might say, okay, this month could be a really great month if I made an additional $10,000. I will say it out into the world. I will write it down. I will then let the universe roll in the opportunities. And it's my responsibility after I announce my intention to keep my eyes open, my ears open, and to even think in a different way so I can recognize opportunities that might be disguised. Because the abundance mindset doesn't work without your help. And you have to be conscious of what you're doing. You have to be conscious of the choices of your make, that you're making, even with your mindsets You need to be open to the different chances that you can take, even if those chances look different. So I was focusing on copywriting and content creation, blogging and things of that nature, creating email drip sequences. And book editing started coming through the door. And at the time this happened, I had only edited a few books and I enjoyed it greatly. I loved it. It's a longer term project. You can sink into the words. It's very creative. It's very collaborative. And so these, these referrals started coming in. I did not knowingly put my business together and say, and I'm going to include book editing. But the more these referrals came in, the more I thought, you know what? I really would be missing out on a huge opportunity If I did not figure out how to monetize this, I needed to see the opportunities and leverage them. And now I know this is one of the most fruitful services that my company offers. So that's an example. Another example is I'll speak it out into the air and say it might even be just through conversation that you're having with somebody else, which is also why you need to watch what you're saying what you joke about, you need to make sure your intention when you're speaking is crystal freaking clear to the universe because it's conscious. And in fact, I just found an article called the universe is conscious and I tried to click on it and I had to subscribe to it or something. So I'm going to go back and read that and I'll share that with you. And I'm fascinated because I think this is the next level thinking that's been needed. So back to misplaced pride. in the conscious universe. All parts are alive of the universe, not just people, energy, vibrations, all sorts of things that we can't see, we can't hear, we can't smell, we can't touch, right? They call that the other side of the veil that we can't even see it, but it's so close. So when I spoke during a conversation to somebody, I said, you know, I would really like to have a personal nutrition plan put together by somebody so they can work with me in terms of my individual physical needs, but also take in account my prior eating disorder and other specific health needs that I have. I added I would love to have a specialized exercise program written just for me, by somebody who has the knowledge in the area of maybe multiple sclerosis or other inflammatory autoimmune diseases. And then I went about my business, and I asked again to talk to a friend about how I would like to try to figure out a way to try turmeric and some of these other superfoods that a lot of people are using in their diet. So you can see the theme is that I want to look at diet and exercise and more healing avenues for myself that I hadn't explored before. And that's just kind of what I was putting out into the universe. And I was being very specific. I would love to have this personalized nutrition plan. I would love to have a personalized exercise plan. And I would love to have access to some of these superfoods and anti-inflammatories. What happened next was nothing short of astounding. I signed a client who owns gym franchises and happened to mention my situation as we're getting to know each other, and he wound up offering up the services of his nutritionist, who is a doctor, and his personal trainer, who has a background, doctorate in neurology. So I was absolutely. Floored by this. He picked up the tab. Just said, I'm going to give this to you. These are gifts for you. I want you to have this. I want them to take good care of you. And I thought, this is unbelievable. It's like writing a letter to Santa and then Santa writes back and says, you know, your bicycle's in the garage. I was also sent 100% free turmeric that I could try, lemonade superfood that I could drink every day. And so this is what I mean by abundant mindset. When you first get into abundance mindset, you're going to feel like a crazy person. You'll talk about different things in your life that are real. But as it applies to you, it just seems like they're out of order because your life is usually scarce. Your life is usually limited. But when you see what you're capable of doing, and you accept it, and you can actually live in this manner you've heard about, the mailbox checks you've heard about, you'll never worry when you tap into this energy, particularly when you prove it to yourself. When you announce out loud, I would like to have a personalized nutrition plan, and it lands in your lap. When you announce out loud, I would like to have access to free superfoods, and they land in your lap, and they are delivered to your door. So misplaced pride can get in the way of tapping into the abundance mindset. Misplaced pride, too, about being overly critical or overly analytical. You know, a lot of people are very scientific. And they might take a lot of pride in that. Well, I don't believe in that because there's no proof of that. And this applies to religion also. I don't believe in that. There's no proof of that. All right, well, that's great, but that's also scarcity because you're saying nothing else can ever be true. I know it all, and I am not allowing any opportunities or miracles to come into my life because I'm shutting the door. Here's another example. If you're someone who says I take a lot of pride in myself and doing things by myself, I'm the only person that I can depend on. I've always figured it out. And then in the next breath, you say, But I want a solid relationship. I want a long term, loving, affectionate relationship. Well, let's just pause and think about the fact that these are two very different objectives. They're polar opposite, head to head, working against each other. So you're sending a paradox into the universe in that instance, saying, I'm proud to do things by myself which translates into, I want to keep doing them by myself. That's what the universe hears. That's the vibration that they pick up. Oh, you like doing things by yourself. Well, let's, we will continue to have your life go along this route. Now it's wonderful to feel good about our accomplishments again, but what's not so wonderful is that you're, proud to be alone. It's great to say, I accomplished that. That's, that's wonderful. feel good about it. I learned something. I made progress. When we put the onus on, but I did it by myself and so I don't need anybody else ever, that's what you're going to get back. It's very difficult to have the ability to have pride in yourself for doing things yourself while also trying to welcome in the opportunities for having a long-term loving relationship. Because those two goals, those two factors are at odds with each other. Any relationship that you're getting into, any romantic or significant other relationship, is going to require you to take down walls. So if you're focusing on the fact that you don't need anybody and you're just fine with that and you're proud of that, and you're waiting for people to leave you because that's what's always happened, guess what? You are not going to be able to recognize even if it's standing in front of you, even if it reached out and slapped you in the face. That's exactly right, a relationship from an emotionally intelligent and healthy person because you will be fixated on the fact that you are proud of yourself for being alone and a sole survivor. And that energy is not conducive and it will not attract the right type of person who fits the bill of being loving, attentive, and affectionate. So think about that. This is a subconscious action, or these are subconscious messages that you give to yourself. You're not even aware of them. You might just have a little spark of pride light up in you. When you find a way to stretch that $40, when you figure out how to fix your garbage disposal, I don't need anybody. And we'll talk about at a later date the difference between need and want and why it's okay to even need people in your life. I think we were designed to need people. So I was going to have Catherine on today, but she is a busy, busy, busy gal. We were together in Dallas these past three days. Prior to that, we'd never met each other. We'd been best friends for like four and a half years. We had worked together. We had a prior company together that we both burned to the ground. And we can laugh about it now, which is wonderful. And we both say the best thing that we ever did was burn that company to the ground. The blessing that came out of that was because we were able to see that we could produce massive amounts of business together. We could see what our reality working together would be. The way it was going with that business wasn't the right way. So we just needed to annihilate it and move on with the pledge that we would remain friends. But I always felt, and I think she did too, that we would come back together at some point to rewrite business in the way that we wanted to without any silent partners or any of those implications. We would make the decisions together about what we are good at, about what actions were progressive to take for the business and all the subcontractors. What held us back before was misplaced pride. So after getting back from Dallas, everything was amazing and abundant and all the wonderful things that I felt. I'm going to wield this discussion myself when the two of us actually came to terms with what the topic would be. But I'll represent her well. She'll listen to that and be like, yep, that's all right. We talked about the fact that if we had not been able to detach what we had been proud of in that business, we would not be where we are today, which is with our eyes open looking forward for additional opportunities that make sense and that fit within the values of what we are trying to accomplish. Now, we had taken pride in the fact that business was coming in, period. Not what kind of business it was, not where the business was coming from, not if the systems we had in place were efficient or if they were actually serving our need to control, which, spoiler alert, they were we didn't take care of our mental health in this business, in the first business. Maybe that's why it was easier to torture. I used to have a money block too, and I'm still working on this. It takes a lot to get through your organic experiences and rewrite them in your mind where you learned over and over and over again that yours was not to be a privileged life. But even if you were shown that, And even if you were shown that through generations in your family, if your family is just steeped in that mentality, you can change your reality. I'm not kidding about this. You can live the reality. You can live any reality that you want. A lot of it has to do with trusting that you are going to receive what you asked for. Because that's faith. I had misplaced pride in always doing for myself in terms of taking care of my children. And when it came time to trust, I was so primed to push people away that I almost lost my relationship, my wonderful marriage. I had misplaced pride when it came to money and how far I could stretch a dollar at how many deals I could find, how little money I needed. I viewed myself as a warrior and in a completely different realm than people who have money. I put myself there into the setting. I could even envision where I was in relation to these people when I closed my eyes. I was not included on their side of the fence. In St. Paul, Minnesota, there's an avenue that has always spoken to my heart. It is alluring. It is called Summit Avenue, and I went to the junior high that is located there but I was bussed in. The end of our ride was comprised of my eye I did the million-dollar homes rising regally among the lush bushes and trees. There were great, big Victorian homes, yawning porches, brick homes. From the turn of the century with carports and servants' quarters and a boulevard divided the sides of the streets overhung with a canopy of trees. And the whole place emitted a sense of calm and cool that my hectic, hardly sheltered life did not. It was very divisive. I created a divider in my mind. This is where the successful people live, but you, you're over here, several towns away. You're not touching. You're not close enough to spill over or slip over onto other people's property. And because I was there, I sunk deep into my misplaced pride. After all, I didn't have a shot. Did I? So I took mad pride in making my dollars scream. I tortured my dollars. I had two budgets every month where one portion of the bills would get paid and Section B portion of the bills would get paid the next month. No shit, I actually took pride in that. I took pride in that. I laugh about that now, like, well, that was clever for a survival mechanism. I don't know if you should take pride in that, though. I don't think I should. I scoffed at designer labels, and I don't say this to advocate for some senseless, purebred mindset where you need to go out and buy everything designer. I say this because I do buy some name brand things now where the quality matters in the thing that I'm purchasing. But mostly I am happy. I'm happy as a bunny in clover in Target attire. I can walk in there and I could be outfitted instantly. Multiple outfits. I can't, it's, it's like a magnet and they just pull me in and I have no choice. Well, of course I have a choice. Feels like I don't, but I do. If I wanted to cross over to the other side where the wealthy lived, I would never be able to get there if I continually rewarded myself for such scarcity mindsets. I would also never be able to get there myself if I continually told myself that being wealthy to me meant an uprising jealousy inside and a belief that who these people were and that they prized money was a bad thing, that they were bad. When I had zero information. I don't know if they prized money. I don't know if they were born into it. I don't know if they worked for it. I don't know what they went through, but I allowed myself to contrive this opinion of them while rewarding myself for my scarcity mindset. So I created this huge divide where these people were very different. They weren't Probably very nice, they were snotty, they didn't have feelings, they were just enmeshed in this money mindset, and I was in the scarcity mindset. I don't need that. I'm nice, you know I'm not focused on green, except for the color of jealousy. I'm not focused on green, I'm not focused on brand name, I'm not focused on those things, and now I know that having a number of friends who are super wealthy that they're just like us. They want a happy family life, get tired at the end of the day. Guess what? Their toilet's clogged, too. Guess what? They have pest control that's called out to their house. Guess what? Their parents die, too. Guess what? Cancer hits that side of the population as well. We can't just paint with a broad brush and say this person is over here and so they're exactly like this. Having an abundance mindset is also about not just examining what you are doing consciously. But what are you doing subconsciously? Where are you rewarding yourself where it might be hurting you? So think about that. In my case, my misplaced pride was in two areas that I can recognize right now. The more That I allow myself to be open and the more that I allow myself to learn what I don't know about myself or to see with new eyes the habits that I have, the more that I become aware of how my mindset can be holding me back and I don't even know it. So that's what I want to leave you with today. Examine the values that you brought into your life and see what that is getting you. Is it holding you back? Do you operate with a fairly closed mind when it comes to politics? Again, there are some very obvious things that are black and white and orange, but I don't know these politicians personally. I don't know their circle. I don't know the ins and outs. I haven't physically been there at these government buildings. I have a pretty good idea of what's going on, but I am not qualified to ever voice judgment. And if we are living like good Christians, of which I am a recovering Catholic, then no one. No one is qualified to extend their judgment in any form. And if you aren't a Christian, just in case you're looking for a loophole, the same applies. I know the news stations feed me. I have no idea what the propaganda is. It's just being shoved down my throat. So the point I'm trying to make—the point I'm trying to make—is that unless you can 100% feel confident in knowing all the angles without assumption then try to keep your mind open. Keep your mind open to what you might not envision or picture for yourself or your life. That is what leads to abundance. That is what leads to stripping away the scarcity mindset. Can you experience abundance with a mindset of scarcity and judgment? No, of course not. You beat me to the punch, right? Screaming, no, no, that's not right. These two aspects of life are not even on the same page. They're not even in the same library. So you have to find the complementary vibration to abundance. What is complementary to abundance? It is not a closed door, but an open one. That's the takeaway for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. If you are on the hunt for a job, I invite you to join our SickBiz Facebook group where we post one job per day from our job board that enables you to earn a living wage. Make sure you check it out and apply for these opportunities if they are right for you. When I lost my job due to illness, SickBiz is the resource I wanted. We built it for you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Buzz and all the episodes. Until next week, be well.